It's noonish here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Thursday, February 1st, 2024, with your hosts, me, Ray, and that good looking guy, Zach. How are you this morning, handsome? I am doing great, Pops. How are you doing today? I am wonderfully well and excited to find out worse for CDJR dealers. How? How can that be? Incredible stuff, man. We'll actually kick it off over on the Exosphere. Car dealership guy just posted a few moments ago. Let me pull it up on the screen. He posted, Dad, that he's been talking to dealerships nationwide. And yes. uh, unfortunately, they are seeing Stellantis sales slow down more and more and more. Let me get that up on the screen here in just a second. You've got to imagine that has something to do with the fact that they've increased inventory or increased the prices of their vehicles by so much. But Dad, let's look at this on the screen. Here it is from Car Dealership Guy. It says there. Yeah. Don't have an exact don't have exact numbers yet, but based on messages I've received, I can confidently tell you that January was one of the worst months in years for Stellantis dealers. It's getting rough out there. Stellantis obviously is Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Fiat. Yes. I think I had a pretty good response asking if I wonder it, I wonder if it has to do with the 50% price increase on MSRPs over the past five years. But dad, this comes on the heels of Stellantis at NADA talking about the EV products they're launching. And yes. how excited they are for 2024. At the same exact time, we see EVs not selling for franchise car dealers. For Tesla, they're still selling like hotcakes. But for franchise car dealers, EVs are sitting. So you've got exciting product launches, EVs, yes. not selling. Yes. And dealers reportedly having one of the worst Januaries they've ever had. What do you make of what's going on, Dad? Um, I'm so glad I sit here and not behind a desk at a dealership imploring my salespeople and my staff to figure out how they're going to sell some cars today. Um, it, it's, <clears throat> it's remarkable to me that a manufacturer such as Stellantis can be so tone deaf um, when it, and, 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 and I'm saying this knowing full well that they are perhaps the most profitable automobile manufacturing company concern in the world okay it just makes you wonder how based on how they just don't care about their customers to to have raised the prices of their vehicles by over 50 percent in the last five years um to have not supported their dealers with um, the type of incentives it takes to move inventory that isn't selling quickly. Mm -hmm. it, it, these are just things that I told you this before, if I was a Stellantis dealer, what I'd be doing right now is trying to figure out how I could find a moron to come by my dealership. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's what I'd be doing I, I because I have to look. If, if you're a dealer of a CDJR dealership and you already know that you have more inventory than you know what to do with, that you have the Dodge Hornet that nobody nobody's asked for and doesn't sell particularly well, if you have Jeep products that have had 
five consecutive years of declines in sales volume. Um, if you have Chrysler, where realistically you have two products, the Pacifica and, and the Chrysler 300, or Dodge, where you're doing away with your muscle cars, so that inventory's building up and demand for that inventory is dwindling. So if, if, if you own those franchises and you know Stellantis's intentions are to come out with, I believe it's 24 or 25 new, new EV models over the next five or six years, um, when EV sales are stagnating, you got to look at that and you got to go, how am I ever going to make money with this, this brand? So I, I, and, you know, and I, I, instead, like the dealers are not, it's not like, Oh, these EVs are coming and you have to do these things and don't worry. It's not coming out of your checkbook. They have to spend tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars for the, yes. like, sorry to cut you off, but I think that's an important part of this is like, it's bad. And then to add insult to injury, you also have to invest even more money right now. Why would you? Exactly. And so and and so that's why, you know, I, I jokingly say, you know, I, I would hope I could find a moron to buy my my dealership. But um, you know, if you're if you look at it long term or or over the next three, four, five years, you have to say to yourself with with the dollars that need to be invested that perhaps now would be the right time to sell, to get out. Because if, if, if you know, and it's hard to read the future, but yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's that hard to say we have overpriced stuff that nobody's buying. We're going to come out with more overpriced stuff that perhaps nobody's buying or nobody will buy. Um, and I have to spend a lot of money in order to sell that overpriced stuff that nobody wants. I don't think it's it's going to be profitable for the next three, four, five years. Let's get out. I, I just I, I think if I were a dealer, that that's where my would head my head would be if I owned a CDJR um, franchise. I think that's what's so fascinating. So you know, when I created today's stream of it just got even worse for Chrysler, yeah. Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, it was predicated on this headline. This headline came out five hours ago. And I thought the interesting storyline here is the fact that, yes, Delantis is pushing into the EV, into, into EVs at the same time where we actually see other legacy automakers pull back. GM yeah. yesterday, we documented how they're actually reintroducing hybrid vehicle power, yeah. uh, hybrid powertrains into their, into their lineup and slowly but surely walking away from their 2035 all we produce is battery electric vehicles. So you see EVs selling at a lesser rate, again, except for Tesla, Tesla's growth. When we have these conversations, just put Tesla to the side because they're in a category of their own. So you've got Stellantis talking about, hey, dealers, get excited for this. At the same exact time, it's not like a new car dealership guy was going to tweet what he tweeted this morning. That came out 16 minutes ago, Dad. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, CDG's at NADA right now, the National Automobile yes. Dealers yes. Association meeting in Las Vegas. He's probably talking to folks literally on the ground right now. We are not in cahoots. I didn't text him this morning. I didn't say, hey, what, what's going on with Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram? The story is very clear, man. And I think Igor's comment here you know, starts to solidify it as well. Before I sold my Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram dealerships, I always kept roughly 140 to 160 days worth of inventory. Now my old dealership has over 500 days supply 
on their lot. It's crazy and flat out dangerous. I think dangerous is the right word, Dad. Unsustainable. It's also unsustainable. And when you read that article that you referenced uh, from Stellantis, um, you know, the head of Stellantis is saying, we're not we're not going into the EV business to lose money. Okay. So our EVs are going to be priced so that we as the manufacturer can make money. Well, we know that, you know, people like Ford, businesses like Ford, some of the GM products, they 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 make next to nothing on their EVs and they are already staggeringly overpriced for vehicles in the market today so and it's not just domestics honda comes out with an ev the prologue or the pro however you pronounce it and it's expensive yeah it's expensive like evs are just more expensive than ice vehicles yeah so so how how do you as stellantis a brand that is losing market share that has now fallen behind hyundai kia in sales volume in the united states how do you, as that brand with the climbing sales, justify that you're going to price your EVs at a point where, at least from the manufacturing end of things, you're going to be able to make money where all the others can't? And and in order to do that, that means that your pricing is going to have to be higher than all the others. So why do you think anybody would buy them? I mean, that's, you know, I appreciate Carlos Tavares, you know, trying to say, you know, we're not in this to to price it so that the numbers are in, in red ink instead of black ink. There's it, it, that doesn't seem like it would make a whole lot of sense for us to, to deal with red ink. Well, ultimately your dealers are going to, if they aren't already. Dad, I think this comment here from Kyle, Kyler, excuse me, is spot on. Those dealerships with 500 day supply are going to go bankrupt very soon. You're about to see a ton of consolidation. I mean, I don't see another way out. You're going to see CDJR dealerships that are transacting, and maybe not tomorrow, but in 2024 and 2025, transacting at you know relatively low prices compared to where they had been a year ago, two years ago, because people won't be able to cash flow them. Like they really won't. And the finger is very quickly going to be pointed back to Stellantis, the OEM. I was I was talking to a, a CDJR dealer this morning that Stellantis decided to extend their January programs till February 7th of this month. So yeah. they haven't really announced their new February programs. They're just extending their aggressive programs from January into February. There's a kickoff meeting just this afternoon to figure out what the, what the actual plan of attack is at Stellantis for February. You've got to imagine it's going to be aggressive, man, or else the dealers are going to be, the, the owners are going to be pissed. Yeah, but 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 Zach, if if they're just if they're extending January's programs for another week, and and January was a horrendous month for their dealerships, yeah. well, that's another week of why would you expect things to improve? That that's another week where you've just pretty much waved the white flag. Um, it it. You know, I hate to use a legal term here, but time is of the essence. It, the, you, you, don't, you don't have time to mess around here. You, you need to look at the fact that, that January was a particularly slow month with, with what they considered to be aggressive incentives. Well, 
if it were me as the man, I would have to say to myself, well, I guess what we thought were aggressive wasn't really aggressive within the marketplace. So yeah, you're right. We need to get uber aggressive and, and you know, and, and you know what, we're going to take a week to try and figure out what that looks like. That's BS. Yeah, No, no. The dealer that I was talking to this morning, dad, he was pissed. He's like, how do you extend your program for one week? That you you just said you just said without saying it, you have no plan. Yeah, <laughs> you have no plan. You're not organized around what your plan is to sell cars. You don't know what you're doing. On the heels of CDG's tweet, the auto news headline. It's rough out there, man. I will say, yeah, I will say. I think my dad's honest. I think the programs have to get better. So if you are in the market for a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram product. For example, we had a comment here come in from Carl P saying, I'd rather buy straight off the internet, straight from Stellantis. Well, Carl P, we can't get you straight from Stellantis, but you actually can purchase Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram vehicles on CarEdge.com. Skip the dealership, folks. And the dealers that we're working with to source the inventory, the prices are going to continue to get more and more competitive as they have pressure to move it. And of course, OEM incentives apply. So I do encourage everyone that is thinking about a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram purchase I don't know, in the next month or two, time it up here with us or look hard. The, the deals are going to be the deal. Like, there's going to be deals. Stellantis cannot sit back and lose more market share and have their dealers get more pissed off and on the, friend, you know, on the cusp of bankruptcy. Like, they're going to have to do something. One would assume, but, but they should have done it already. Um, you know, there was, there was another article that I sent you this morning about how um, they did a dealer survey and, and dealers are suddenly now concerned uh, about affordability. We got to fix his internet folks. One of these days I try my best survey shows dealers are concerned about affordability, new vehicle profit margins. That's where my dad was going. He's back with us. Go for it pops. And, and so, so I don't know why it took until January of 2024 for dealers to see the writing on the wall or for manufacturers to acknowledge manufacturers, the man. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, if, if we've been talking about affordability as an issue for the last 18 to 24 months, what the hell are these people doing? I mean, what, what how, how deep is the sand that they have their heads buried in um you know so so if if dealers are concerned about an affordability issue for the products that they're selling and Stellantis is convinced that the EVs that they sell have to make have to be profitable, profitable. none of this meshes it just you know it, it you 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 if if you're the brand, if you're a branded dealer, you have to look at your alleged dealer partner, the manufacturer, and say, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you thinking? Why the hell are we even bothering? Um, yeah. You know, and I, and you, you've heard me say for years that I've, as much as manufacturers would like to believe it's a partnership that they have with their dealer body, it's not. It's a one-way street. Um, they build them. They wholesale them to the dealers. Uh, they try 
through marketing to encourage the public to go buy them. Sometimes um, the, what they what they advertise works. Sometimes what they advertise doesn't. It, it's and 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 if you're one of those dealerships that didn't make money last year, your manufacturer is not writing you a check to make you yeah. whole. They're not. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the fallacies of the franchise model is the franchisee is is on the hook hoping that the franchisor is doing the correct type of marketing to create the demand for the product that you're selling. And if they're not, you're screwed. Yeah. Can we can we actually tie this back to affordability a little bit more, Deb? Because January sales numbers are starting to trickle in. It's February 1st, so yes. you know, January sales numbers. Hyundai and Kia's sales slip on weaker car volume. You look at their numbers, Dad. Let's come down here and I'll zoom in on it. Hyundai sales were down 8.6% year over year and 8.6% month over or year over year for, for the, yeah, it, yes. this, is a stupid, this is a stupid chart. This is a stupid, this is a dumb chart. Who the hell made this chart? This is Well, dumb. next month it won't be dumb because then you can compare month over month. As, as Still, year it's over stupid. Year. Yeah. But dad, look at that. Hyundai sales down 8.6%. Kia sales down 1.7%. If I'm not mistaken, let me go to my handy dandy car price inflation is real. These brands are the worst page. Yeah. Scroll down to the chart. Stellantis is worst at a 50% increase in MSRPs over the last five years. Hyundai Kia is second on this list at 50% as well. 49.67 for those of you that listen to the podcast. So we're starting to see this catch up not only at Stellantis, but mm -hmm. weak sales numbers in January year over year for Hyundai and Kia. And, and, Which and, is very clear, even on those weak sales, they beat Stellantis in terms of market share. So. Oh yes, yes. Um, and, and if you go back to that chart, and not that the the sales volume chart, um, look at look at Mazda, and look at Toyota. So the, there there are indications that brands can grow significantly in this market okay mazda still has relatively inexpensive vehicles um, that provide good value for money and so they're selling like hotcakes and Toyota they introduced zero they introduced zero percent financing last month they removed it at the beginning of january they brought it back in many regions or 1.9 percent and other like they were aggressive on incentives Exactly. And, and, and Toyota, which is a mass market brand, 25% increase. Lexus, their luxury brand, a 10% increase. It, it, it just, it, it, it shows to me that if you, if you're aggressive with your incentives and you market your products wisely, people will find them and want to to buy them. Um, Hyundai, we know, has had quality issues, engine issues, some other issues in the past, theft issues, um, and maybe some of that's coming back to haunt them. But even with that, they became the fourth largest volume sellers of new vehicles 
in the United States last year. Um, and, and, you know, sales are, are relatively flat. And a lot of the, and a, whatever growth there's going to be, I mean, it's in the article, it's coming from fleet. You know, we, we talk about this every month. You can look at the numbers. You can say the seasonally adjusted sales rate is X, which, oh my God, it's so much better than what it was last year. Then you dig deeper into it to find out, well, the reason it's X is because yeah. fleet sales have are the ones that have moved the needle. The retail sales, not quite as much. It's which to me still always comes back to affordability. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I, 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 I just, wanna I want to jump here to the chat pops in just a moment. And then I want to let everyone know we are working on a few things on the affordability front so that we can make a difference there. From John Williams, thank you, John. Thank you, John. Not talking affordable on this one. Pushing a yeah. dealer to get a Bronco Raptor for $95,000 out the door, almost have them. But what makes me think, uh, but that makes me think uh, even that's too high despite below MSRP thoughts on high-end vehicle prices. I have heard, and, and I haven't looked for um, a Raptor for a Car Edge customer in a, in a yeah. minute here. Uh, on the F-150 Raptors, if you can get one at MSRP, that's like insane because they're commodity constrained. They're not really producing many of them. I know there's different variants, but most of them they're not producing right now. And so I think I'd imagine on the Bronco Raptor, it's the same deal. If you can get one at MSRP, that's a hell of a deal. So I don't have any more insight than that, John. I would say if you're already below MSRP with no add-ons or crapola, I would jump on it. That's my two cents. Yeah, it just and 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 it still seems like a lot of money. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not, not commenting <laughs> on, <laughs> on that. Um, uh, those things are, yeah. Wow. But, but if you do it, I hope you enjoy the hell out of it. I really do. We've got here dad from JW. Thank you for the contribution. Car dealership guy is covering the Vroom shutdown and never mentions the mountains of lawsuits, class action suits, mass arbitrations and investor lawsuits or the state of Texas settlement for $3 million in December, which he would dig deeper. Uh, to each their own, obviously, uh, the people behind the scenes of like that Twitter account, whoever it is, maybe they don't have the time to go deeper. I, I, I don't know. I will say Vroom was riddled with legal hurdles, not yes. like selling car legal hurdles, but like self-inflicted legal hurdles. The state of Texas settlement is a good example of that. Um, all sorts of challenges at that company. So kind of, I hate to say it, but kind of no wonder, you know, they ended up uh, where they are, which is which is out of business, doesn't help when used car prices are as volatile as they have been. It's, it's, it's tough to do what they did because it requires inventory and inventory is expensive. And, and if I may, what makes our model work a little better, I hope, I think we think is, is the fact that, we don't have any dollars tied up in inventory. It's not our inventory. And that's huge. Yeah, it is I mean, huge. That, that is absolutely huge to not have to take whatever working capital we have and tie it up in actual vehicle inventory. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So the, to just be able to negotiate on customers' behalves, special deals. Um, that that's hopefully the right path to be going down. We'll find out. 
Fingers crossed, man. I will say that for the month of February, we are working with our dealer partners behind the scenes on some really around friend around vehicle affordability. Last month, we did the Chevy Trax under $400 a month payment on finance or lease for those who had credit that could qualify them. Obviously, if you end up moving through with us, we'll show you the OTD as well. It's just for marketing purposes that we were talking about $399 payment. Just talk to them. We can renew the uh, tracks. There should be, we should still be able to do that in February and some deals on Silverados as well. So light duty pickup trucks. So we're working behind the scenes. Stay tuned. Probably in another day or two, we'll have an announcement of what the uh, pre-negotiated deals are back on CarEdge.com. But between now and then, Dad, let's yes. do our favorite segment of the show. Really? You've got to be kidding me. All right, Dad. Well, from time to time, we see some interesting things on out-the-door price worksheets from yes. car dealers. I know I showed this one to you before the show. I'm going to show it to you again here. I posted this over on X. This comes from... A dealer in Maryland, they've added on a 2024 Nissan Altima, a line item. I know it's blurry and hard to read, but it says 2% sales commission, not required by law. Yeah. 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 Um, you, you, you have heard me say any number of times that um, dealership, automo automobile dealership personnel are some of the most creative people on the planet. Okay, they they can come up with stuff that, well, you and I could only dream about. Desert protection packages, the the dealership in Florida that charged the Florida friends and family package, nineteen hundred and ninety five dollars. You know, and as I said, I I don't have any friends or family in Florida um, yeah. for a dealer to come up with this concept of making it a line item, okay, that, well, th there's going to be a 2% sales commission. We're going to charge you for it. Well, wait a second. I I thought the dealership paid the salesperson, not me. Um, you know, now, is it like, is it like my, my DoorDash driver? Are you asking me to tip him? Is that what you're doing? And and you're suggesting that my tip to him should be two percent of the selling price? Is is that is that really what you're suggesting, or are you suggesting that I should pay that two percent, <laughs> and you're going to add it to his his or her commission when they get? Because I I doubt you're going to do that. I've worked at enough dealerships to know you ain't going to do that. You're not going to give that five hundred seventy-five dollars to the salesperson. Yeah, it's that. That's not going to. So I, I mean, the it, it is, it is incredible to me as to exactly how creative these people can be to come up with new and varied ways to charge you extra money, and they hope that you don't say no. I, I mean, because that's the hope. Yeah, exactly. The hope there is, oh, I have to pay a 2% sales commission. Okay. Sure. It's like, I've never seen that. We've been doing this a while. I've never seen that one. Never seen that one. I, I had to put that on the internet and get, get some, some input. Like, is this a normal thing and we just haven't seen it? I've, I'm telling you, I spent 43 years in retail automotive. You know, I first of all, if somebody would have said, we, hey, maybe we should try this. I would have said to him, you're out of your mind. That's a thievery. 
you know, there's, there's, there, there, there's got to be some honor amongst thieves. Uh, you know, that, that's, you know, because, because you, you just know that that 2% sales commission, they're not giving that to the salesperson. They are not giving that to the salesperson. Let's see if the training worked. They're not giving that to the salesperson. But they should give it to us. <laughs> they should give in it to opinion. themselves. In my in opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, you know, it, in my opinion, they're, they're not. They're, they're going to pay the salesperson off of the gross profit. Now, maybe they'll add that to the gross profit, but I doubt it. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to appeal to my friend Igor. I don't know if he's on here today or not. He is. But, he is. But, but, uh, Igor, would you have ever had the nerve to do something like that? I mean, would you even have thought of doing something like that? I am just, you know, I, 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 I will, I will not sit here and and say that I was a saint a hundred percent of the time. Okay. I, I, I'm sure I wasn't, especially in the beginning when I didn't know any better. But but as I learned the ropes and as I started to figure out how things work, I would have never dreamed of anything like that. Never. I wouldn't. Have, I just. I, I, I wouldn't have had the nerve. It, it just. You know. Yeah, it it just. It 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 just. My God! It takes ironclad. Whatever, yeah, ironclad yeah, really to put really that does. on a to, to do that as a line item, <laughs> on a, yeah, on a sales sheet. Oh my gosh, definitely, yeah. yes. All right, folks. Well, we will be back tomorrow, so please tune in 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. I appreciate your time as always, Dad, and I hope y'all learned something here. I definitely did. Go for it, pups. Um, well, uh, I believe you're traveling a little bit tomorrow, but you'll be in in new york in time to be able to do the show yes sir and and once again you'll prove that that the internet not only is better in washington dc it is also better in new york than it is right certain. here yeah. than it is right here in my condo in ventnor city new jersey um, fairly certain yeah yeah uh you know and i'm hooked up with the ethernet cable and i and i went for the up it's just but the good news is I talked to some folks at, at Comcast and, and they're going to see if they can maybe send somebody over to figure out how to fix this. Um, the fix is probably you have to replace the 52-year-old cable wires that run through the entire building. And, and you know that ain't happening. Definitely. Yes. All right, Pops, well, enjoy the day. Thank you for your time as always. Thank you, everyone, for spending some of your day with us. And, uh, yeah, I love you. I love you, too. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm looking forward to a travel safe. <laughs>